there, and cord here, and we are almost. Now we are good to go. Okay, good afternoon, everyone. Hope you're experiencing a pleasant Tuesday, and hope you're staying safe no matter where you are in the world or in the country. So I hope everything is good with all of you. I'm here at the facility with my wonderful team that I can do nothing without. And in the back, I have the Hot Wheels center seat that uh, we put together recently. And then to the right of me, I have a 2020 Lexus LS500 hybrid, which is pretty cool. A little bit over 350 horsepower, V8 engine, hybrid system, and I cannot wait to play around with it. Hello, Pac-Man, Wangang, good seeing you as well. Cocaine, caffeine, morphine. You are at home. I hope you're not consuming what your screen name is. Uh, hello, Cole, Manyi. Coleman, good seeing you. D-O-O-E-G, good seeing you. Limbo RS, and for those of you on YouTube, thank you so much for joining me and allowing this opportunity to be part of my archiving moment. Hello, Fafa Gianfranco, good seeing you. King Ivan, good afternoon. Nizar86, hello. Levhor, Levhor, I'm very well. Hope you're doing great. Look at the wing on the Hot Wheels center seat. Downforce much? Of course. Amen. Big Wang Gang, right? <laughs> Hello, Caleb Steer. I'm great, Nizar86. Hopefully, you're doing smashing as well. Tyler Kofoto says, I absolutely love the electric 935. Thank you so much. It's one of our crowning efforts of a vehicle in this facility, so I appreciate the kind words. Hello, Julian. Good afternoon. Hope all is well. And for those of you listening on the podcast, I'm recording right now. Thanks so much. Whether you're Walking your dog, using the loo, working out in these very strange times, at home, or even working at your desk remotely. Appreciate that. Thank you so much, Levahor, for the kind words. Hello, King Mars. Brazil's in the house, courtesy of Gregory Lopez. And what's up, says Karis1. Well, I'm here at the facility. Drone's right in front of me, working on this lovely CRX, trying to get some sonoids taken care of. Um, I have a Lexus vehicle here that I will be doing a review on. So if you haven't joined the BCMO YouTube page, please go on there, subscribe, hit that notification bell so every time something comes up, you see it, you know? RC is saying it's like really slow. Hopefully my connection is not poor. We've been having some weird network things with people being around recently. Um, so let me know if the network is not very good and I'll log off and come back in. Good evening, Keikenna. I don't know if you're in the country or if you're overseas, but wherever you are, stay safe. Still looking for a great first car. Well, let me know your goals, SQ, and what your budget is, and hopefully I can point you in the right direction. Best pronunciation of my name so far, Calypso. Thank you so much. I like your name indeed. Let's talk piss and dwell benefits. Let's do that. So, King Mars, some big advantage that people can have, especially with long rods with a given stroke, is that allows for significant dwell up top, and at the bottom of the stroke. So now, imagine my arm being the lever, or the control, I should say, connecting rod, and the pistol's on top. So with a short rod or a moment where you have very short dwell, you can come up and come down, come up and come down, right? In the bore of the piston. Now what if you can dwell for a long period of time? What you end up finding out is that you have more time at TDC to have a complete burn, which in turn does great work on the piston and gives you, quote unquote, more power, more leverage, more power. If you're pulling all the way down and you dwell more at the bottom dead center, guess what? You have more time for clean air and fuel in the right mixture to enter the cylinder and allow for even a more combustive element, which creates more power as well. So dwell, TDC, dwell bottom dead center, both helps by allowing for a more efficient, more powerful burn. Then he says, I'm in, I'm love, Honda, and you build work. Thank you so much. I appreciate the kind words. Hello, Sebastian. Good seeing you. Arjun can you DM me for info? Yes. I don't know what info, but DM me, and hopefully I can find you. Gets, I get tons of DMs daily. It's pretty crazy. My pleasure, indeed. Square Po. So, center seat. Why do I do the crazy push the pass on our center seat? Now, one thing about a center seat, Boxster, like what we have here, essentially Porsche, like what we have there with the Cayman top. I also have in the showroom a red one and a black one. One thing about that is, it is a very different experience sitting in the middle of a car with a mid-engine. It's very balanced. It's very easy for you to forget yourself as a driver. I've done that myself. Hello, Sam, who is integral part of that build, or the builds. 
So that being said, it is my goal to allow the opportunity, at, you know, it could be 350, 380, 400 horsepower at, at base for the driver around to get comfortable with the car. And when you feel very comfortable or you have the need to really upset someone, you can at the press of a button, press it. A ground function is activated in the AM Infinity. It allows me to increase boost based upon a duty. And then you can hold as long as you want to be able to have extreme incre increments in power. And it's not a curse system, so it's not regenerative. You don't have to, you know, have to regen and consume it. As long as you have your finger on the button, you have the opportunity to experience that. So on the red car, I have something that says um, danger to manifold as a little thing that to tell you. On the black one, I have like something that says VTechio, which is crazy. I'm surprised everyone's not laughing. And then um, right here on the gold one, he's laughing now. Um, I have this Hot Wheels mode, which comes up. So that being said, it's pretty cool. And it allows you to really enjoy the car and have that little boost spike. So what happens is on the dyno, when I'm tuning, I can tune the car wastegate or given boost pressure. I can change the duty cycle in the boost control solenoid, which is pulse width modulated, increase that and get different power levels. Then I can assign the button from the AM Infinity to coexist with a particular boost level. So for example, on that car, I can have that seven PSI and when I press a button, I can go up to 11 PSI. And that will give you the power you need. So it's pretty good. Oh, Purpose Bull, I just answered your question. So you can, you can do it. You can, you can start a car with 7 PSI and go to 30 with a button. It's up to you. It's kind of a very shocking. Um, even with the 100 horsepower on the red car, you, it really, you can feel it. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. But the one good thing about that is when you press a button, I have a protocol built in with its own table, 3D table in AM Infinity, where I can wean that. So instead of having a hard hit, you can have it like gradually increase so it can be a little bit more friendly and, and not upset the car when you're when you're racing eh? um, my girlfriend loves the 1029 van says Josh Coster thank you so much the van is right over there next to this Lexus LS 500h yeah um, and by the way I'm gonna do a proper review on this this car is very luxurious gets over 33 miles per gallon on the highway and it's pretty fast as well um, you should build an, um, uh, you should do a Porsche 914. I actually have one. So through these doors, those doors right there that I'm pointing at, um, you can't see that properly in your perspective on YouTube. There was a yellow 76 914, and I plan on doing something there soon. Unless Hedy sells it, then I won't be doing anything, will I? Anyway, okay. Um, without a roof, and with the roof, that car looks awesome. Thank you so much, SQ. Appreciate that. Horror, hello from Orangeville, Canada. Cool video. Love the cars. I had a 911 76 Turbo. Yours looks gorgeous. Thank you so much for the kind words. I like the 76s. Those are nice years. Particularly because they have a galvanized chassis. They don't, they're not as susceptible to rust, especially in your area if you have any type of snow. Eh? Um, with the AEM as purpose-built motors, can you set boost levels for gear selected as well? Yes. So here's the cool thing about the AEM Infinity. When you look at the boost table, you have quite a few parameters that you can assign for both your x and y axis so here's some of the things i've done um i've done boost per gear i've done boost based upon air temp so if the air temp gets really really high you have the opportunity to pull back boost i've done boost by speed you can do that i've done boost by throttle position because imagine road racing right and let's say you have 30 psi where you make a lot of power but what if you're in a corner and you're at let's say third gear and you're at 30 psi do you really want 30 PSI in third gear in partial throttle? Maybe not. So you can reduce that based upon that throttle. So you can do all these different inputs. Um, I've done boost based upon ethanol content. And how does that help me? Forgive me, a truck just went by. If you have a vehicle that's on flex fuel, you may, on a safety perspective, make X amount of power on 91 octane. And as your ethanol content increases to E85, or E90, E100, whatever the case may be, you have the ability to put in more boost and more ignition timing. So, I also can put in a boost protocol based upon ethanol content. So at low ethanol content, E10 or so, you have low boost. As your ethanol content goes up, automatically, unbeknownst to you, the boost increases and your car is faster and faster and faster. So long answer to a short question, but yes, you can. Dealing to say, I probably missed it, but why can't you remove the roof on the gold center seat? I can remove it on all of them. So the gold one, the black one, and also the red one, Dealing, um, you can remove it. As a matter of fact, um, the roof is right over there. It's carbon fiber, pretty lightweight, and it allows the opportunity, like right now I'm playing with the car, tuning in and setting things up, the suspension, all that good stuff. Makes it much easier and accessible to do all our work. And then you can put it on and it looks from a, from a very small distance like a Cayman. 
because um, the plug was pulled from a Cayman roof. <laughs> so, um, hope that helps. Tuesday with BC, yes, Friday Craig, good seeing you. Adding good from the UK, hope you're well. Do you have any experience with the Saab engines, the B20V to the b No, I, I have not. I've not played, Saab is not a very popular marquee here. Drones being naughty here. And so that being said, no, no, I, I have not. My pleasure indeed, purpose-built motors. Um, would you do an engine with me, not fuel, not electric, magnetic? Um, it depends. DM me and tell me what you have in mind. I love projects that are a little bit far left. Um, looks like a really cool Zen toy. Yes, but it's, it's not. It's something that was made here and that doesn't see. I wouldn't put that on a, the roof on a factory set up to drive around in the rain because it's ideal for race cars. Very thin, very lightweight, and um, is not there to put out, I would say, elements from your car. It's, it's, it's for a race car. It's pretty cool. Um, but look, it's saying, hello, love your work, bro. Do you guys offer some kind of internships? Yes, we do. So send me information, like a resume, to lablab at bcmo.com. If, if you have what it takes, then you can join our team in an internship capacity. Hello, Danger Doyle. Good afternoon. Good seeing you. Who makes the cable roofs? We do. We have our own guy that does our glass work for us. Tony, very good, talented chap. And he does all the composite work for us. Uh, magnetic field, expand the tract. I, I understand. So it may be something similar to what you can see on certain rails. So I understand that indeed. Um, so one of the Lexus is getting a set of twin turbos. So I think good. Let's talk about that. So I'm going to do a review probably tomorrow next on the LS right here, V8 hybrid. So it has a petrol side, which is cool, and it has an EV side, which I like. And it's extremely luxurious. And thing gets up. So we'll talk about that. I'll, I'll do some, a proper review on it and let you guys know when I'm done. Yes, it's a new Lexus, uh, 2020, um, LS500H. Pretty cool, indeed. No rails. No, I'm, I'm talking about um, the technology that exists in certain rails, not that the cars drive on rails. Um, can you explain your boost ethanol by gear method again? I came a little late in explanation. No problem. So, um, I'll tell you how I typically do it. Um, the right way to do it is to have the vehicle in question on the dyno, have it completely on regular petrol, in this case in California it's like E10, tune the car properly. Um, you can increase the boost to the point where you can get to the knock limit of the fuel, you stop there. Okay, so let's say, I'm gonna use very arbitrary numbers, let's say 10 PSI on a certain turbo, on a certain corner dyno is where your knock limit is. Then you can add ethanol, what you do when you add ethanol, you drain as much petrol as you can, you'll get something close to like an E50 or so, because you always have that remnant stuff in there and you go ahead and tune that and then when you tune that E50, E45, what the case may be, you get to the knock limit of that, let's say it's 15 PSI. Then you drain that out and you put in your as much E85 or E100, whatever your top fuel is, and that's let's say E85. You tune for that and you get to a point where you have your max power. You can now interpolate and draw a chart in the AEM Infinity that is boost based after your fuel and ignition tables are calibrated for flex fuel. And when you do that, you can now set up in your boost table 10 PSI for E10, 15 PSI for E50, and let's say 20 PSI for your E85 and higher. So what will happen is whenever you have any combination or in between those three points, the ECU will give the appropriate boost to keep your engine safe. Of course you want to be able to, in the background, have an opportunity to have your knock protocol, knock floor set up. But by all means, that's the way to go. So I hope that helps. Thank you so much, Chase Reed. Appreciate the kind words. Would you ever sign a 935 drawing I did if we ever meet? I would be more than honored to ish Barbaria Design V2. Las Vegas is in the house. Be careful out there in Vegas. I hear that you guys have some challenges, but please do take care of yourself in these challenging times. Jan E.G. Envis. Greetings from Belgium. Good seeing you as well. You're nearby to dealing. My guy who does all our turbo fans, you know? What did I drive to work today, BC? This right here, see that? That is it right there, next to the van. That is the vehicle. And I'll be driving that for the next week or so, which is pretty cool. Okay, let's see here. What is your least favorite car to work on? This CRX that's next, no, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> laughing. Um, of all of my cars, the least favorite? My insight, because I can never get to it. Okay. 
A Jaguar. A V12 Jaguar. You know what? You make a good point. V12 Jaguar. He's right. With all the vacuum lines and tin that can puncture easily and old plastics and it's it's and then it's like no space and you fix one thing something else yeah least is the v12 jag that was pretty much a challenge Jerome is 100 percent correct um let's see here is someone writing this down i won't remember it says exit paradu so exit paradu here's what's going to happen i will have this up here on youtube for 24 hours then on your local podcasting networks, whether it's Spotify, um, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Podbean, all the popular ones out there, just type in BCMoto, B-I-S-I-M-O-T-O. And what we're doing today, you'll see it. And then within the next day or two, I'll upload this on YouTube. So if you go on the BCMoto YouTube page and you go under my Tech Tuesday breakdown, um, you will see all the Tech Tuesdays I've ever done. A majority of them, actually, at least, because there are a couple of times I had some technical issues and I was able to take care of it. But you'll see this there and you'll be able to, at your leisure, have access to what we're talking about. Can you explain the use of different style connecting rods for different applications? It says punch. Yes. So, would you like to talk about materials or would you like to talk about construction? Let me do a little bit of both. Okay. Steel, titanium, aluminum. 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 Steel rods are what I typically use, which are pretty cost effective for railroad applications, street applications. Um, things where weight is not a huge concern for you. Uh, they are very, very strong. They require very little piston to head clearance in relation to other materials out there. Um, with the standard, what we use in Sport Compact and European, you can get away with. 30 piston head clearance. And um, they're very reliable, very common, very commonplace. So you have companies like Eagle, Spec, SCAT, all these other companies out there that make these cool rods, you know, um, Crower, all that good stuff. So a lot of them are steel rods. And you have the H-beam and I-beams. And the H-beams do a very good job with multiple applications where you have significant amounts of stressors. Um, when you put a significant amount of boost that can spike very quickly, I tend to use I-beams on those applications. On the titanium side, like what you may see with the NSX I posted in my stories today, those are titanium, very lightweight. Titanium is a very interesting material because it has a similar expansivity to what you may see with a steel rod, but they're very, very light, so it allows for very lightweight revving capabilities, which are pretty cool for acceleration. The challenge with titanium is they tend to go to other metals just because of the nature of the metal itself. So in applications where you want to use titanium, make sure that you have some kind of treatment on the big and small end. So it won't catch your crankshaft on the bottom end or catch your, rod, your, your um, piston on the top end, but they're very lightweight and can be somewhat expensive. And I love those in Boosted and NA applications as well, especially where acceleration is the name of the game. I love them. Now, for drag racing, there's something that you can get that's absolutely spectacular, aluminum. I love aluminum rods, especially if I'm going to do any kind of R&D because they're fairly cost-effective to make with different lengths. If you have a manufacturer nearby that can make it for you, they can turn around very quickly because aluminum rods tend to come in opportunities that are very, very long, and they can just cut it to length and then put a hole in it, and you're good to go. But for drag racing, they're very forgiving. When you have any kind of detonation or knock, it doesn't easily transfer to the crank, which is something that aluminum, steel and titanium don't have in its advantage. So aluminum rods, as I refer to them many times, are like almost shock absorbers for internal combustion engines. And for drag racing, they're fantastic. For drag racing, where there's uh, fuels that are very violent, like nitromethane, or if you have opportunities where you're doing some kind of crazy drag racing top fuel, you must use aluminum. Now the challenge with aluminum is that they tend to have a very high coefficient of expansivity. So they expand very highly. So I've in many applications done as crazy as 60 thou pissing the head with aluminum rods. Now even those lightweight, I wouldn't recommend them because of their ease to stretch in cold climates. If you're on a daily drive on the street, you can get away with maybe 40,000 miles before you have to service them. Because they expand so quickly, it requires you to modify your bearings, even when you install them in the rods, by putting a drill with a tang. Most of them have a tang to keep it in place because when the rods expand, it gives the chance to want to spin the bearings very easily. So you have this indicator or locator in the big ends of the rods. So if you look at lightweight, you can't beat it in terms of cost. If you look for R&D, it's a great setup. Road racing, I really wouldn't because of how you have to accelerate and decelerate so quickly but it's a very good rod, I love them in drag racing. And if you're using any kind of nitro, it is a must have. 
If you're breaking things with nitro on a steel rod, the reason is because you're transferring all that violence to your crankshaft, okay? So I hope that helps. What does it take to get an internship? You have to have what it takes to be part of this team. You see Duran right here? Duran's badass, he's really good. He knows what it takes, call him and ask him, he'll tell you. <laughs> anyway, um, send a resume to someone who really thinks out of the box, someone who has the skills that we can use here at the BC model. And if you do a smashing job, we absorb you quite easily. Um, how do you tune turbocharge and engine for optimal performance and reliability? What is your process? So in a pain, I can do a full hour on that alone. But I'll give you probably a good 30,000 foot level so we don't lose a lot of our fans here. Um, initially, the one key thing for tuning turbochargers reliably, I'm very serious about this, and a lot of tuners tend to ignore this, but it's knock. That microphone, that glorified microphone that exists on the cylinder, closest to the head as possible, that allows us to monitor based upon 720 degrees of rotation, that tuning window, you can assign each tuning window, so you don't need multiple knock sensor, you can use one knock sensor and a tuning window to be able to determine which cylinder is knocking, is very, very important. Because you can do a sweep in a very safe partial throttle or even a low boost application and look at your knock and see what kind of noise it makes and then draw a knock floor. And then you can increase boost and or ignition timing to the point whereby you start seeing some noise happen then you stop there. So to be honest with you, the number one reason why people hurt engines in boosting was turbocharged, supercharged, high boost, low boost, high compressed, is because they're not monitoring knock or monitoring it properly. So my process for reliably and optimally tuning a turbocharged application is to pay a lot of attention to the noise that's generated by the pistons inside the cinder sleeve. Very, very important. When they start rattling and knocking, it's time to back off. And um, that's just on the tuning perspective. Knowing your components, and you know, I have a lot of problems with this with my sport compact brothers. Stock engines are stock, and most manufacturers tend to give a 30% to 40% kind of, uh, how should I say, room for abuse. To take a stock S2K and try to make 800 wheel horsepower on it, <laughs> they're all laughing, is really not a good idea. And even though it's very great for bragging, and some people say 700, 600, whatever the case may be, they never tell you how long those engines last. And when you start having fun with it, and you look at connecting rod bolts and how thin they are, it's not a good idea. So, Sonar Payne, to add on to what you just mentioned, it's extremely important that your customer or yourself begins with the end in mind, knowing that if you're gonna push an engine to make X amount of power, have your components in place. Have connecting rods that are up to the task and ARP rod bolts are up to the task, and compression and pistons are up to the task, and valve train is up to the task, especially valve train. The springs themselves have the daunting uh, task of keeping the valve train in check with the dynamics of the camshaft and heat and the weight of the valve. When you add boost to that, to a natural aspirated engine, it now has additional task of being able to resist that additional pressure coming into the valve. You're building boost because the valve is able to close and come back against that pressure head. So when you start pushing, at a minimum, upgrade your valve springs as well. It's a very good thing to do. So that being said, knock, correct components, fuel, which is still related to knock, and also having the opportunity to really pay attention to what components you have with in mind are things that you definitely have to do to tune properly. Do you guys do TIG weld for the hangar of my exhaust? Yes, we have TIG and MIG right here. We have the capability for both. Nice meeting you last week, says JR Auto Fabworks. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure indeed. One day I wish to be able to tune and build like you. It'd be an honor. The more we have, the merit. Because I see some really scary things out there. BC, are you Caribbean? No, I am West African. I'm from Nigeria. Hello, boosted citizens. Good seeing you. Good afternoon, Craft Motion. I need to actually talk to you. I have a question about uh, Craft Motion is from uh, our neighbor here, but I know he's remote now, from uh, TurboSmart. And I had a question about one of their race blow uh, let's see here. Hello, Paul Walker Med. Good seeing you. Hello, F1. Good seeing you as well. Um, any insights on the new Acura TS Type S Twin Turbo V6? I have a lot of insight, but I'm not allowed to talk about that yet. But I'll tell you what, I'll get one here and do a very, very good thing for you. Eh? When is Pure going to come out with a turbo diesel oil? We'd love to run some Pure MIO diesel. For those of you who know, I am a big advocate of Pure Oil, of course. I use it on all my vehicles. Um, it's in that right there. Quite a bit. I have quite a bit of Inventory over there as well. I love that stuff. Anyway, um, I don't know. 
So I know Chris is going to be flying here in a week and a half or so from Minneapolis. I'll find out from him if they have an interest in doing that, and I'll definitely let you know. What's the best mod for a stock H22A? If you want a singular mod, a big shot of nitrate. No, I'm kidding. Um, the best mod for H22A, I would say, let's do a slight combination. Intake, header, exhaust. Those are really big restrictions. That H22A engine has a lot of potential, but it takes a lot of energy for it to suck in air because it creates a lot of vacuum when I monitor it from factory. And also, the exhaust system is quite restrictive as well. So intake header exhaust is really a huge benefit for those engines. And then something else that's not invasive, of course, is oil, because it's a very good performance part, especially if you choose the right one. And we've seen some close to double-digit gains in power when you do switch over to pure oil. And then tuning, of course, very key. Honda is very conservative with the H22 setup. That P13 ECU has a lot of opportunity for improvement. So a good tune from reputable facility will help you tremendously. Panderson, Panderson, good seeing you. I hope you and your family are well and staying safe. Yes, we are, and I hope you are doing the same thing as well. Still after the Hot Wheels Honda Odyssey and the Advan NSX GT3, hard luck here. I know, it's so hard, and you know I made the same mistake-ish, so don't feel bad. Even though they made the Hot Wheels of my own band, I was giving them away like hotcakes, they didn't care, because I thought I could get more. I had no idea they were limited. And the two ones you mentioned, the GT3 with Vissimoto and the Odyssey, are both limited edition. I feel really bad. Hopefully they make another batch of those. I'll be very, very, very happy and be very miserly with mine in the future, you know? Your suspension is up to the task. I, that's really a random statement that I don't know how to address that. Um, Darren Lee says, hey, BC, I got my TNS 20. Thank you. Looking for at the Turbo Smart Blow Valves. Do you have a recommendation? Yes, I do. And I may have a few here in stock. So, Darren, hit me up on Instagram again and DM, and I'll see what I can do to help you out. You know I'm always here to help. But a TNX20 is a pretty cool turbo. Darren wants a couple of them for his, um, what is that car? What kind of car is that? Wow. Um, I, don't remember, I don't remember what brand it was. Was it a, a Lada? A Lada? Or a, no, um, uh, it was Russian, right? I don't know what it was. Yugo? Oh, Nissan! Datsun! Okay, he's Datsun. There you go. He wants a couple of those for his Datsun. <laughs> My pleasure indeed, son of pain. Thank you so much. I hope those Macan goodies are still in the works. Amen. Yes, they are, sir. Have you had an experience with Vortex Superchargers? Tons! Oh, yeah. I think I have a kit upstairs. Um, it's, we've done it with um, some Hyundai applications where we did something internal for American Hyundai. We've done a ton of Vortex Superchargers on S2000s. Yes. Very good systems. How much for your Honda Odyssey? Love that thing. Not for sale. Unless Hedy comes here and she um, but I could build you one. So if you're interested, I am. Just go ahead and DM me here, and I'll see what I can do to help you out. What are your overall thoughts on K-Series versus other four-cylinder options, like the SR from Nissan and the 2ZZGE? So let's take the Nissan out of the equation there. Let's start off with that. No, I'm kidding. So to answer your question, Thomas Charon, I like the K-Series because of the very simple thought or mindset or concept of the way to make power on an internal combustion engine is to be able to ingest as much air as possible with the appropriate amount of fuel. So let's say the appropriate amount of fuel is a fixed variable. The K-series head flows amazingly well compared to the 2ZZ that you may see in quite a few Corollas and some of the Scions out there. I think even some individual builders also use that engine for some of their kit cars. Or the SR from the Nissan, where you're doing the SR20 standard or DET. The flow of the K is what makes it very superior. So I really like that a lot. Plus, if you think about the protocol that's used on the K-series iVTEC with the cam control, it lends itself to a very nice plateau curve. So of all those engines, we've had, well, something as recently as last week, a car come in and make 230 plus to the wheels on petrol. And I would not be able to do that with a factory power plant on a 2ZZ or the SR20. So I hope that helps. Of those three, I really like the K-Series the most, especially the K24 from the TSX. What would be your dream build if money was no option? Which car and why? If I had money as no option, and I were to build a, a car internally here, it would be me rec recreating the very old school Moby Dick with an all-wheel drive EV application that allows torque vectoring with full interior and all creature comforts. That would be 
my dream build if money was no option. So Kyle Dotson, I'm sure Daron likes your screen name there. I'm messing with him today a lot too, yeah. Stay safe as well, my good friend Scott from TFT Performance. What's up, Al Smith? Good seeing you as well. I love bro, thank you as well, Rama. I appreciate the kind words. Hello, Ozzy Patina. Can you make your 935 out of a 993 twin turbo? Yes, I can. So one thing about Porsche, which is great, is from, man, let's say all the long wheel bases. From the all long wheel bases all the way to the 993 where they switched over to the 996 for water cooled, the frames are very, very similar. Now the suspension changes dramatically with the 964 and even gets more interested in 993, but from a perspective of body panels, yes. So Troy, if you're interested in having us convert your 993 twin turbo to a 935 or a K3 or standard Porsche 935 or even M16, let us know. We can take that task for you and make it beautiful. And we can even take it a step further by incorporating with those beautiful pipes that come out of 993, like what we did with 935X, we can do that for you as well. While we're at it. Germany's in the house, courtesy of Michael1294. Good seeing you. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed that Netflix show indeed. More to come. Is there still a market of tuning 1994 to 2002 Nissan Maximas? Or do tuners stay away from them? There's hardly any parts for them. And Sonapain, Payne, it's not that tuners would stay away from them, it's, it's purely demand. And most people don't tend to tune Maximas. It's not seen as a performance platform, but if you want to do it, if you have it and want to do it, don't let it shy you away from experimenting and trying to figure things out. Now, we don't shy away from projects ourselves that are very unique. Obviously, we have everything here from, you know, Boxsters to Caymans to CRXs to 935s to minivans. I mean, but it can become quite expensive to do one of parts, but you can do it. Um, I remember a while back, didn't Jim Wolf do some stuff for Maximus? You know, yeah, so, yeah, they did. So Jim Wolf did some stuff, so there may still be some items available out there, but don't be shy in trying to create things yourself or finding companies like us to do it for you. Just bear in mind, it'll be a pretty penny. Chris, Ferrari, SB, good seeing you, Chris, sir, Chris Bohr. I just saw someone who worked with you at the um, South Bay Mercedes recently. He's a guy who you introduced me to who worked on my in-laws um, ML and uh, he owns a couple wagons. He was, I saw him at G&J here in Ontario um, a couple of days ago and he spoke very highly of you. Good seeing you, sir. Oh, really? No, Toyota ECs are hard to break to, into. Not really. Um, you should see some of the crazy Hyundai things here. No, they're not. There's some opportunities there. Um, hello, do it for the brand. Good seeing you. I want to draw the 935X now. Will you share the pics in the perspective of the 9K3? Yes, I should have some. I can help you with that-ish. Send me a DM. I'll see what I can do. Hondas are the best. I love your enthusiasm, Papi. Good seeing you. Will you ever bring out the insight? Yes. You know what's going on nowadays? Daron's laughing at me. I can feel his laughter. Um, what's going on, going on nowadays, I'm catching up with clients, but very soon I will have possibly some time for my own projects. So I probably have one, two... Maybe three more cars to do in-house, and I may have to resuscitate the insight. I have all the components. I have the pistons from Trom, the sleeve block from Go and Eagle. My head, I should probably have it kind of uh, touched up because I haven't touched in a while. My injectors I've been sitting for a while, so I have 1,000cc injectors. I need to clean them. Maybe I'll send them to 5.0. Um, camshaft is here. Oiling system is here. I may have to send my dry sump to Barnes. Because if it's been sitting for a while, it's probably hardened inside. Because there's some, um, I would say, some polymer pieces inside that tend to dry out, you know? Hello, Miss Seductive Prague. Good seeing you. My pleasure indeed, Matthias Granger. Um, what power would you expect from a 3.2 liter V6 with Vortec V1s? It depends on the pulley to being used. You can do anything from a low 320 to 500. Depends on what pulley size you use. Damn, I just thought you would say Moby Dick. Yes, that's, that would be the one. Um, that would be the ideal car to do. Would you ever bring it back out on the inside? Yes, I would. Race service and Beast Motor Collab, I would love to do that. That would be really good. Um, I think they had in mind us doing some electrified uh, Ferrari. That would be a pretty cool project, right? What's the blue car behind me? Great question, Kyle, Steve, Morrell. You must have just come in a moment ago. So behind me, I'm going to turn this around slightly for those of you on Instagram is a 2020 Lexus LS 500H. So it has 354 horsepower. It's very, very luxurious. 
So a hybrid setup gets 33 miles per gallon highway, 28 around the city. And I'm going to do a proper, proper review on it and put it on, on our, our YouTube page. So I'll give you guys some reminders here. But if you haven't subscribed already on the BC More YouTube page, go and do it post haste. Subscribe, click on the notification bell. I have crazy stuff from builds to tuning to anti-lag to EV projects to how to do videos to even archiving what we do here with Tech Tuesday. I do it all. Jay Singh 17 says, you have a Netflix show? I don't have my own show on Netflix. I have my own show on Instagram uh, here. Anyway, but I've done quite a few Netflix shows. So we did Francis Carr. We did Car Matchmaker. We had the opportunity to do something, um, uh, Hyperdrive with Charlize Theron. So we've done quite a bit. Kang is in the house, courtesy of Guitar Ihadantrima. Good seeing you from all across the globe. Stay safe out there in Kenya, sir. I got a 64 VW Beetle, says Danger Doyle, with a, an air-correct Manx knockoff fiberglass body. Nice. That's pretty cool. Would it be ideal to boost an air-cooled car Beetle motor, or would it be better doing a swap? You could. So, man, air-cooled Beetles are pretty cool, but if I were in your shoes, because I don't know why people don't do this. Air-cooled engines love E85. So find a way to do it. If you cannot flow enough through your jets of your car, whether you're going to push through, or pull through car boosted setup, inject that thing. Go injection. It will be absolutely fantastic. Let me know. Send me some, some updates on how that, do, how that goes. Renek says, show me that GT2 motor for my YouTube build. It's all the way there in those doors. It's a bit of a trek. Maybe I'll send you something directly so you can take a look. I think someone is coming to pick it up from KW. I'll let you know. Huh. In the Fast and Furious, we're sick. I see. Guillermo, Gmo, good seeing you. For those of you who know Gmo, good friend. He used to be a trainer at Bally's before it was LA Fitness. And that's why I met him. And he had this really cool Ford, which is pretty nice. BMW versus Porsche. Interesting comment. What's your newest passion during the lockdown? Um, catching up on work, right, Daron? <laughs> our newest passion is catching up on work. That's what our newest passion has been. But two things have happened. <clears throat> above and beyond catching up on work is giving me the opportunity to possibly, uh, how should I say, do more content. So I'm here, I'm able to do more YouTube videos. I did my first how-to video, right, which is pretty cool, where we took a Quave ATB and put inside a Tesla large drive unit, and I showed how straightforward or challenging it was. So if you'd like to take a look, go on the YouTube page right there. I think it's my second or third video down, or most recent, and then you can see. Love your insights, encouraging words. Thank you, Spitfire 304. God bless to you and be safe as well, Gmo. Indeed. You should get your hands on a TSX wagon with a J35 in it. I know you would kill it. So I guess I can live vicariously through having a wagon already. I love the wagons, by the way. They're on the they're on a nice Acura wagon. So I have a Civic wagon. I have a van with a J. Kind of J'd out with those two, huh? But thanks. Thanks indeed. Cheers as well to you, Colado Jose. Good seeing you, Jose. AJ Thompson, good afternoon. Good seeing you as well. Would you run Stitch on nitromethane? 600, well, if I did, AJ, it would be more than 600 wheel. I'm actually somewhat disappointed in my peers here in the scene. Only making 600 wheel with nitro. Nitro is a very potent fuel. You can make 7,800 all motor. Um, that is not a challenge for me. To be able to, nitromethane is, it's crazy. It's a crazy fuel. You can do more than that. So if I brought the inside out again, it will probably just be on E85 or M5. I wouldn't, there's no, uh, not a challenge. I like slight challenges. Um, can an engine run on stock calibration if specs are kept the same? Are you running piston replacement upgrade parts? Yes, it can. So. OEMs do allow for slight variances, especially with vehicles that are global. So you don't know if you're going to run it here in California, or you're going to run it in Alaska, or in the Middle East. So yes. So for example, if you have a standard Mercedes-Benz with a factory ECU, and you just kind of upgrade the pistons and rods to something that is within factory spec and tolerances, even if you want slightly larger, but keep the static compression the same, you can use the factory ECU without qualm. Break it in and have some fun. And use some PR braking oil and fill with your regular fill when you're done. It should be good. Are you going to develop a tune for that Lexus? The OEM Lexus won't let me 
modify the cause. So what I'm going to do is have some fun with this and share with you my experience indeed. How much power do you think an NA2JZ with stock internals will take? Now, are you talking about natural aspirator or are you talking about boost? Give me a little bit more mindset or information here. Hello, Carlos. Hey, can you tune a Lexus 300H? I don't have the hardware for that yet. Plans for the Lexus Kyle is to be able to do a nice review, drive it for about a week, see what's going on with it, and maybe explore if there are any tuning opportunities for it. What is the most power you can you can build an NA on 91 or 93 with K24? So if I want to get away with the most power, um, of course I'll have to increase the cross-section area, go with a very high flow intake, and if emission is not a problem, camshafts are very aggressive, and I can go up in static compression if my camshaft is big enough to allow my dynamic to not be a problem, and displacement would be my friend. So dare I say it would be possible to do close to, if not north, of 300 wheel with big displacement beyond my side and very large camshafts, but it won't have great drivability on the bottom end because the camshafts will be that large to be able to do the most power on 91 and 93 octane with a K24. Long time, bro. I remember some of your first builds. What's the status on the monster van? So the van is right there. Forgive me those on YouTube, but the van is right there. And plans are this, and it depends on my partners. I keep hearing these rumors of another channel of guys who is building a minivan calling me out. And if that's true, we would have to do some slight modifications to the chassis and the powertrain to make a very exciting call-out scenario happen. So, if that is not the case, then the van will sit as is. What's a good setup for a sale cam Honda build? NA or boosted? Because if you're going NA, I love the A6. If you're going boost, I love the Z6. Sorry about the noise in the background. I think that's Fabian yelling back there. I'm sorry about that, guys. Any footage of your half mile run, you've got lots of haters with that post. Which posts? I get haters all the time. I get haters with this. But if you go on my YouTube page, you'll see tons of videos of what we ran with um, No Fly Zone, both in Shafter and also in Arizona. This quarantine is helping us creators to work more. I'm like the makings of 3D renders every day. I'm sure, yes, it does. With the quarantine, can you do more live days? I could. AMG up. If you'd like me to, let me know. I'll be more than happy to. Spoken Washington is in the house. Love what you are doing. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Firebreak. Appreciate that indeed. Oh, I'm missing so many good questions here. Um, Boozer Boys are putting a friendly competitive call out with their 1,000 horsepower K2090s Odyssey. Yes, a lightweight Odyssey with technology that already exists. I haven't heard them call me out, but if they do, I will accept. What is your favorite Civic chassis looking to get a project going? I like the new, honestly, I like the new FK8s. That's what, it's become my favorite right now. And if not FK8, EF, because they're lightweight and old school. 5,000 horsepower Porsche, is it possible? 5,000 horsepower? Yes, so here's how you build a 5,000 horsepower Porsche. You get a Porsche chassis, you tube chassis it, and you put a top fuel dragster in you. Bam, there you have it. Is that being mean? Is that being mean, Daron? No. Right, that's really how you do it. Um, definitely more live. Okay, I would do that. I'll try and do lives daily then, if that's the case. It won't be as long as this one, because I usually do an hour with you guys. But uh, yeah. India's in the house. Thank you so much, India, for joining us. Hello from New Jersey, says Mr. Lucito. Please be safe. You guys have some madness going on over there. How did you make that Porsche electric? Um, well, I found a chassis that was in Palm Springs that was owned by the president of the Porsche Owners Club. It was in his father's house out there, destined to a life of never seeing a racetrack or street ever again. We brought it here, and the first iteration, I wasn't pleased with it. And the second iteration, we were able to source, courtesy of Hedy, the um, original Kramer modes to pull one from and now have a K3 package. Uh, we utilize a P100 rear drive unit as a base for the EV setup that's an integrated uh, inverter, motor, and transaxle. Modified it quite heavily. And with bespoke controllers, power distribution module, LG Chem batteries, wiring, and now to be very soon Orion BMS. We're able to create an opportunity where we have a vehicle that's an EV conversion, very fast, very enjoyable, 
but also it's more an enthusiast vehicle, meaning you don't have these crazy screens you have to touch, you don't have a touch of a bunch of switches that you have hit in, in succession, you literally just turn the key and drive, and it's very enjoyable. And despite the lack of internal combustion engine sound, but its own unique kind of futuristic sound, the thing is really fun to drive, it really is. I am Kionic says, BCs, the Toyota Prius able to take any mods, never seen it happen, has potential. It does, and people have. As a matter of fact, I have a partner in the UK who has a flashing program for both the Nissan Leaf and the Prius. So yes, it can be. It's just that most people who buy, a majority, a vast majority of people who buy the Prius, buy them as simple modes of transportation and not as performance vehicles, but you can. You can take full advantage, as we did even with the CRZ, you could do something very similar with a Prius if you have the mindset and resources to make it happen. Do you think you can make a 2,000 horsepower Civic? Yes, but there's no need. No one wants to buy a 2,000. If you want to buy one, tell you what, G. Espinueva, if you want to buy one, I will build one for you. I, I swear, I would do it. Drawing you down? Sure. So, draw down, do it with me. I think Sam is still here. Sam, you can help with this as well. If G. Espinueva wants a 2,000 horsepower Civic, we'll build one for him. Let us know, we'll get private set out for you, and we'll build it, and you can have all the fun you want. And it can be based upon a Honda-based engine. How cool is that? No LS swaps there, okay? Um, any thoughts on a K-swapped NA or NB Miata versus S2K? Yes, the K1 is really much more cost-effective, and nowadays, the K24Z7 head flows more on the intake than the S2000 does. So, yes, of those two options, I would go K. Can you ship it to the Philippines, though? Yes, we can, absolutely. Oh, see, Sam is all about it. All about it indeed. Can you build an all-electric Humvee for the military? Yes, I can. And Mr. Julash, if you have interest in allowing us to help you with that, um, we have access to some very clever battery technology that is not easily commercially available for the hobbyists that can do extremely well in your, or in a military application. So we're more than happy to do that. Please build a KB1RL. KB1. I don't know what a KB1 is. Please elaborate. KB1. Oh, is that car that they still manufacture now? No, I don't think they make RLs. If, if, if they have a new RL, then we can possibly do something for you. You know? Does nitrous and nitromethane work well together? Those are two combinations that I will not combine. You can make it work together in very small doses of nitrous, but with nitro, I don't know if you need have a need for that. Um, nitromethane has a very high caloric content and doesn't require much to be able to combust it. So um, most people use nitrous as a power adder, as a chemical supercharger. I don't know why that application would be ideal. Um, it's like asking, dare I say, like nitrous and, how should I say, um, using thrust of a rocket burner? You could combine the two, but I don't see the need for that. You should buy a GT3 RS. You know, that's a good choice, but you know what? Of the Porsche Arsenal now, the one car that really intrigues me to play around with, believe it or not, is a Taycan. I really want to try playing that. Hex is asking, have you ever thought of making your car brand? Yes, I have, many times. It's very cost prohibitive, but that's changing recently. I think with the new advent of modern propulsion and mobility, the world is in a place now where coach works now can become a very popular thing, especially with skateboards platforms, you know? Have you ever tuned a 2006 Acura RL SH all-wheel drive? No, I have not tuned those. The engines, yes, but an all-wheel drive chassis is not one that most customers come by here for high-performance applications. But I wouldn't shy away from it if a customer didn't want to do that, you know? How's it going, says Zuhei Physic Fitness. Very well, thank you. Despite the current climate, we're plugging along, sir. So I hope all is well with you and that you're staying safe, you know? How much could a turbo natural aspirated 2JZ from an ICE 300 take with stock internals? Also, the stock Lexus easily tuned. So factory, if you want to keep everything intact, no. If you don't mind having a different dash and doing a layover harness, yes, you can. And people have done bottom end, 1,000 horsepower with a 2JZ, both GE and GTE. The valve train, however, doesn't take the high boost very well. So at a minimum, you have to upgrade your valve train. And if you put camshafts, you can have a lot of fun. Put a 2JZ in a Porsche, in my opinion, says Rizzo, Zaki. So if you're talking about a 944 or 928, very possible. But an inline six inside the rear of a 911 would be quite prohibitive. What protocol does AMECUs have for drag racing, traction, and wheelie control? Very simple. Two of the most popular ones. They have a slew rate, 
which is based upon RPM over time, so you can limit your RPM over a time after you launch, so slew, I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible, and secondly, a wheel-to-wheel, -wheel, where you can look at the difference between your drive and non-drive wheels. Now, what happens if you wheelie? You can have that time base and combine the two. Yes, you can have a slew out the hole when you tend to wheelie, and then have an opportunity to have the wheel-to-wheel the, the -wheel come into play when you touch the ground. And you can have a bias between your drive wheel and your non-drive wheel and exist within that bias where you can do a soft rev limit, a fuel cut, or a combination of the two. And if you're very clever, very clever, you can have the opportunity to do it with drive-by-wire throttle. So you're ready to race Boosted Boys Turbo Odyssey or BC what? Ha ha ha, says High Rev Media. Am I ready? No. When I see a call out and modify that, then I'll be ready. What's the blue car behind me, says I'm Lex. It is, I'm very pleased to say, a 2020 Lexus LS 500H. It's a hybrid V8 with 350 horsepower, 350 or so horsepower. Gets about 33 miles per gallon. Extremely luxurious. It massages seats in the front, massages seats in the back, air conditioned seats in the front, air conditioned seats in the back. It's really cool. And you can have separate control for the driver and passenger and even the rear component people or real cab people. But I'm going to do a proper review and I don't want to give too much away. And I'll put it up on the BCMR YouTube page. So if you're not a subscriber, subscribe now and hit that nice notification bell. So every time I put up a cool video, bing, it alerts you and you can go take a look and see what's going on with us here. So, guys, that being said, it's a pleasure to interact with you. I'm getting this red marking from my phone telling me it's time to said, say goodbye. Um, to answer that quick question that Payne JK just asked me, the favorite car built so far would be a combination of the center seats that are lots of fun to drive and the EV vehicle. But, um, and Mr. Two Freak, I did post a picture of battery last week, but I'll post it again so you can take a look. And I'm here to help. You know, so, guys, stay tuned. It's a pleasure interacting with you. Um, you can listen to me here on Instagram for the next 24 hours, and you have an opportunity to listen to a podcast, which I'm uploading right now, on your local podcasting networks and favorite ones. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and see you soon. Have a good day, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.